This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is episode number 400 of uh, the world's most dangerous podcast, but we got a different name for some reason all of a sudden. We used to be Red Leg Nation Radio, and now we're the Riverfront. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me this week, you guys know Chris Garber. How are you today, Chris? I am excited, as you can see. Yeah, you, you clearly seem very excited. And also, my guy, Nate Dotson. How are you today, Nate? I am honored to be in the presence of uh, two legends of the airwaves, such as yourselves. <laughs> Yeah, very loose definition of of legends. But uh, yeah, this is the first uh, video episode, first YouTube episode of uh, of the Riverfront. Again, the artist formerly known as uh, as Red Leg Nation Radio, and we're we're doing some new things here. And I'm really excited to talk to Chris and, and Nate tonight, and uh, you know, and and, and uh, talk about these Cincinnati Reds. You guys excited to talk about the Cincinnati Reds because it's been such an exciting offseason. Chris, what do you think? Wow, it's really exciting. Um, I'm I'm really broken up about this lockout right now. I'm not sure. I, I haven't talked to my kids. I haven't talked to Chris Carpenter's kids about the <laughs> lockout. But I know we're all going to be very upset, especially with all all the Reds have on tap. That we're not going to get to see that for a while. Yeah, that's really the most disappointing part about this lockout, and we'll talk a little bit more about the lockout in a moment. It's just that it just it seemed like the Reds were on the precipice of signing a bunch of free agents, and now the owners have locked out the players. It's not going to happen. Well, they had to do it, but yeah, we'll never know. They had never to do know. it. They had to do it, right? Nate, what do you think? Uh, are you excited about this uh, Reds off season? I'll be honest. I thought this was a Bengals podcast. I'm probably just going to go. <laughs> It's it's funny, you know. I wrote about the Bengals this week uh, because there's nothing to write about with the Reds. I'm like, well, the Bengals they had a big win uh, over the over the Steelers, and so you know, some young stars. Uh, Nate, did you have a big Eli Apple take ready to go? <laughs> <laughs> well, it might, not, might not be safe for this uh, for this podcast, but better than the Giants fans have. There we go. So anyway, uh, yeah, welcome everyone to this week's uh, this week's podcast. Uh, you know, as before. We'll do these every week. Uh, we drop them on, on Friday every week. And it's just going to be, for those of you that listen uh, via audio, it's going to be exactly the same as you always have. You should still be subscribed to the uh, wherever your podcast app. And we're going to drop that audio exactly as we always have. And so uh, if, if you're not subscribed, go subscribe. We're Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, everywhere. But we're also going to be available on YouTube. So you can, uh, can find us on YouTube. And and actually watch our, uh, our our lovely lovely faces while we discuss the Cincinnati Reds. If you're just an audio subscriber, you won't be able to see me do this. <laughs> they don't know what they're missing. They don't know what they're missing. Right People right now are crashing cars trying to turn on the video. <laughs> Get the YouTube. Hey, mall, turn on the YouTubes. <laughs> Um, so anyway, let's talk about a little bit about the Cincinnati Reds. Okay. I, we have our, our list of things we wanted to talk about this week. And, and I got to admit that, uh, the first thing that was on there was, 
the University of Virginia has a new football coach. Do, do we really want to? We, we don't want to start there, though, do we? Do they have a new? They don't have a new coach, coach? but they, they're they're looking for a new coach. We can get it out of the way now. That's better for everybody else. For the listeners, just skip ahead thirty seconds. Nate, I can't hear you for some reason. What's going on here? I heard him. He really said it. The selective hearing because I'm being less than flattering about your Cavaliers. Are we? Are we? Are we here? Do you not hear me? Do you hear me? <laughs> you guys are muted. It. What's going on in this? I don't know. We can hear each other. Oh my goodness! See, I knew there's gonna be screw ups here. I think I think I hit the wrong button. Sorry, I'm the boss. I know there will be plenty of hiccups <laughs> on this ride that we're taking. If anybody listens to the first 399 episodes of this uh, podcast, which that's a ridiculous number, uh, they, this doesn't surprise them at all. Oh gosh, 400 is that is that embarrassing or is it impressive? It's something. I just like that Joe Nuxall Memorial Dead Air we just brought to you. <laughs> See, uh, the, the problem is uh, so many uh, of our, our fans of current vintage don't don't understand that. But man, Chris and I will remember, and Nate, you might remember as well, but you'd be listening to Joe Nuxall broadcast a Reds game. And you know, sometimes you were driving down the road listening to it, and you'd be like, "It's my radio just died. There, there's What happened? Hey, you have a lot of knobs. Because <laughs> he would just stop. So uh, let's talk about the, the, uh, obviously the first real topic is the lockout. The uh, Major League Baseball owners have locked out the players. And so uh, the Reds made no, surprisingly, no free agent signings uh, on Major League level before the lockout. And so now everything stopped basically from this point. Uh, No free agents will be able to sign. Although it was, it was pretty, uh, pretty active up until, uh, for most teams anyway, up until, uh, the lockout, but uh, uh, Chris, I'll ask you first. The, the owners had to do this, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. You know, I, I, I got up this morning and uh, saw the news of the lockout, and I, I started reading the uh, Rob Manfred uh, letter to fans, and I I nearly drowned in the, the bull mess that that thing was. I mean, <laughs> what a – transparent, disingenuous load of hooey that thing is where we had to do it and the players, you know, left us no choice. And this is the, all we want to do is for you fans to bring the game to you. We have to lock the players out. And I mean, I don't even get into like the details of what's baloney about it, about, you know, we made them all these offers and, and you know, if you dig into it, they're like, well, we talked about making an offer five minutes before, so, uh, yeah, you know, the good news is they're not going to stay locked out forever. It's probably better to have a work stoppage in December than it is in April. But uh, it's transparent, transparent nonsense because for once the players are actively seeking to improve their situation for the first time in probably 25 years. Right. The way I would think about it, it, it what well, the way I would suggest that, that you all think about it, um, and don't let me tell you how to think, but uh, just a suggestion here. Um, when you're trying to decide who's the good guys and who's the bad guys in this, I want you to think, who, who, which side are we on? Are we on the side of Joey Votto or are we on the side of Bob Castellini? 
here in this mess. And yeah, you're right. It was completely disingenuous. Uh, we had to lock the players out. I mean, yeah. and, and for those who don't really understand what we're talking about, the collective bargaining agreement has expired. And so um, while they negotiate a new collective bargaining agreement, the players are locked out. Uh, Nate, I don't know if you have any any additional thoughts about the lockout. I, I don't know that it affects the Reds as much as it affects anyone else, but it's still disappointing to see as a, as a fan, right? Well, one thing I want to add is you mentioned being on the side of Joey Votto as opposed to Castellini. I look at it as more of being on the side of the Tucker Barnharts or even the Tyler Stevensons, these guys who are super young that haven't gotten their big paycheck yet. No, it, it, it affects them a little bit more, right? It's easy for somebody who's already got $100 million in the bank to sit back and wait and fight for what they what they believe in. It's a little harder for these guys that have been climbing through minor leagues, getting paid pennies. Um, I think that because of what happened with 2020, both sides have lost a lot of money. Hopefully that is sort of a motivating factor in getting getting this resolved as quickly as possible. But I, I agree with you all. It's, it's disingenuous. And fortunately it's in December and we've got, we've got a few months before we need to start really sweating. Yeah, I think I think Chris, uh, both of you make a good point, which is that uh, this is the best time for it. And and you know the the fact of the matter is, my guess, if I had to predict, is that this thing gets resolved at the end of January or something, and we'll have a couple of weeks of free agency, and then and then uh, you know spring training will start as it. I mean, I hope that's the way it ends. Um, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Either of you disagree with that? No, I think you are. And, and uh, you know, Joe Sheehan, his newsletter, which which I'm a subscriber of, and, and he had a, a really interesting point about how the number of spring training games have increased in the past few years and how that's now an actual revenue source that the teams count on. And Uh, so they would, you know, his his kind of thinking is they're going to be reluctant to miss even those spring training games. Where if you go back to 1990, when the, the last time there was a lockout, spring training was cut pretty short, right? And the season was delayed by 10 days or something like that. Yes. Started late. Yeah, so, you know, anyway, the, the, that theory at least is that's unlikely to happen this time because of all the incentives they have to, to get rolling in spring training games. Interesting. So, yeah, some incentives on the on ownership's part. That's interesting. Uh, and the Nate, players don't get paid, remember, during spring training. Oh, there you go. That's true. So it's completely oh, one-sided leverage during, during April or March. Until the season starts, yeah. Nate, uh, that last uh, lockout, 1990, I don't know, if, uh, do you remember what happened uh, that season? It was rough. I'm pretty sure that um, I had a show and tell situation in kindergarten and go so well to uh, recoup my street cred on the playground. It was, it was a big day for me. <laughs> That's not exactly what I was talking about. And thank you for reminding us that you are much younger than Chris, Chris and I. Well, much younger than me. I, I don't, don't get to be the young guy very often in my world anymore. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, I, did, I tried to prompt uh, uh, Nate, and he didn't take the bait to, because he tried, decided to make a joke instead, which is why I love having Nate on here. Uh, obviously, 1990, wire to wire. So, what I'm saying, yes, this is exactly what I'm saying. The Cincinnati Reds will win the World Series in 2022. I mean, I think that's obvious, right? You guys both agree with that, right? Lock it in. Lock it out. Lock it in. Lock it out, lock it in. Um, when's the last time there was a strike? Do you all know that? Yeah, I do. I remember that. Yeah. 94. That one, that one didn't work out quite so well for the Reds. Well, but did, well, did it or did it not? I mean, 94, they finished in first place. 95, they won the Central. Made it to the NLCS. Yeah. I'm just I'm just saying. Last time you won a playoff game. Exactly. Work stoppages work out for the Reds. You remember 95, Nate? I was around for that one. 
I know you were around, but you know, were you still in diapers? I don't know what that's the deal here. Um, yeah, literally by then. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Oh boy, I remember that team. Reggie Sanders. That's what everyone's going to say in the comments and below this YouTube video. Reggie Sanders struck out too much. Mark Lewis hit a grand slam, though. Mark Lewis was a better red than Reggie Sanders. This is not true. Reggie Sanders needs to be in the Reds Hall of Fame. We're going to have a full episode about that at some point. So, okay. So they're locked out. And um, so nothing is going to be happening for the next, uh, whoever, who knows how long. I thought we should talk about, though, some of the things that have happened so far. Now, Major League Baseball has been going nuts with free agent signings for a while. It's been pretty exciting to watch. You know, the, the Rangers, for example, are extremely active, and, and, and a bunch of teams are. The well, Reds – uh, How they can do that with no money. No money. There's no money. Because, because when you run a Major League Baseball team, you lose all your money. <laughs> yes. It's like being a guest at a casino. You just automatically lose all your money. But well, – Somehow, well, how's that? I don't understand how it's working then. Because maybe, maybe the owners of those teams are billionaires, independently wealthy, before they came to own the team. Disposable. That could, that could be it. That's the difference between them and the wait. No. Oh, wait a minute. No, that's no, not. No, that's not it. All right, sorry. We're gonna. And Nate and I have had this conversation. I think Chris and I probably have as well. But we're gonna try to have some uh, some fun this off season with this team. But the fact of the matter is that part of that's going to be poking fun at Bob Castellini, who is uh, just a horrible owner and he is ruining the franchise that we spend all our time talking about. Any disagreement on that point? Not wrong. What's that billboard say? Mm, billboard. Sell, sell the, the TM. <laughs> the TM, Bob. Uh, back when, uh, back when Nate was uh, trying to pay attention to the Reds, he forgot to do his reading homework. So, yeah, sell the team, Bob. Um, there is still some – that's in the works, a billboard, okay? We may need to wait until closer to spring training, I think. But uh, that's that's going to happen. We're going to have a big The Riverfront logo on it maybe. But So let's talk about what the Reds did do uh, over the last little bit. And there, there are some things that happened. And I want to get your all's uh, takes on some of these reports. Um, there was a report by John Morosi of MLB, MLB Network that the Angels and Reds have had some talks about uh, a trade for Luis Castillo. Okay. And again, uh, some of this is just, yeah, they the Angels called and <laughs> the Reds answered the phone. They paid um, their phone bill. Well, that's actually somewhat surprising. Uh, Morosi and John Heyman also said the Reds are fielding interest in Castillo, Molly, uh, Tyler Molly, and Sonny Gray. And Morosi specifically mentioned the Texas Rangers. I mean, there's not going to be any trades anytime soon, but whoa, whoa. I'll go with you first, Nate. What, what are your thoughts about, uh, are the Reds serious about trying to trade these guys? Or this is this just, are these just reports about, well, they're answering the phone? I mean, you have to take the call. I mean, that's, that's the general manager's job, right? Answer the phone. I don't, I kind of subscribe to the philosophy that nobody's untouchable. Always take the call. Um, I hope they're asking for a high price for especially Castillo and, and Malio. We'll see about Sonny Gray, but I think there's something to it. You got to imagine that every team in the major leagues wants, you know, any of those three guys. Why would right. they want to kick the tires on that? So I think that the rumors are probably legit. Um, who knows how willing, you know, the, the crawl and the, the Castellinis are to make any of those moves, and if they're going to be worthwhile for the Reds. But it's a lot of speculation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris, let me ask you this uh, to, to build off what Nate just asked. 
I just said, um, you want him to take the call, and I agree. You got to take that call. But do we trust Nick Crawl? Because as you and I have uh, discussed in a previous podcast, Nick Crawl is bad at talking. He is bad at talking. I think he can say yes or no and get that point across. Uh, it's just when he explains what he wants to do. No, I, I mean, I, what I think is happening is there's probably a tension in the organization between Nick Crawl, who for all we make fun of him, is not a wildly incompetent person. Like he understands who's a good baseball player and who's not and how the pieces fit together to make a good team. Let me, let me say, I think that's absolutely true, even though we do poke fun at him. Yeah, I, he said he's working for a person, though, who is irrational and has given him, like, you know, it's like you're playing a game and the rules of the game make it really, really hard if you're playing the Nick Crawl game. And that is cut payroll, keep the guys that the owner likes, all trades must return somebody the owner has heard of or who at least he'll see in Cincinnati that year. Right. And like, that's the rules he has to operate under. And that's really, really hard. Yeah. And while he's also, his other rules are like, don't be stupid and make the team better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Win enough games to keep your job. So like all those things make it really, really hard. He could trade Castillo tomorrow for sure. And he could satisfy the owner for sure. But it would probably be a crappy trade for the team. So I think that's why you haven't seen it yet. So I think it's this tension. It's Crawl yeah. versus Castellini in the office, and we saw who wins that game. <laughs> yeah. The Nick Crawl game. I'm not, I'm not going to purchase that board game. Well, the Dick Williams game, which is now uh, out of print. <laughs> the, you know, the only way to win is not to play, as, as uh, Joshua taught us many years ago. Uh, right, exactly. You know, I uh, Dick Williams, I think, is going to end up uh, looking really good uh, going forward. And it's not that he was a perfect general manager. He absolutely he wasn't. I mean, he made some decisions that you know, I wouldn't agree with necessarily. But um, he was able to maybe, maybe, maybe because he was related to ownership. I don't know. He was able to convince the Castellanis to kind of kind of, uh, you know, go in, uh, uh, not all in, but go in on changing the direction of this organization. And. Uh, Crawl doesn't have that juice, basically, uh, and uh, that, that's my opinion. I, again, I don't think Crawl's incompetent. He sounds incompetent when he speaks. He should not speak in public. But I don't think he actually is incompetent, but he's just got an impossible job. Um, he, yeah. I mean, I think 2020, I mean, 2020 ruined a lot of our brains. And I think 2020 really, really did a number on the Reds. Yeah. Because the owner had literally committed before that season to, to win. And the general manager and the staff had put together a team that could do it. And then the rug got pulled out from under them. They lost all their money. And they, I mean, look, we kid around. He's a billionaire, but he can't spit. He, his re- revenue is lower than some other markets. So, you know, operate close to that. That's fine. But anyway, I think it broke him. I think you're right. I think it. I think it did break him. Uh, you know, um, it, gosh, if you think about it a different way, you're right. 2020 was a disaster in every single way. But um, I, I keep coming back to Dick Williams again. Not that Dick Williams was a genius, but he did things 
for this organization that we hadn't seen in a long time. He got them focused on it's kind of an analytical bent. And, and, you know, look at this team this year, a team that they did nothing to improve in the offseason, and still they were all right. They were, they had a shot at making the playoffs and probably should have made the playoffs. And if you think about, you know, uh, if Nick Castellanos had been able to keep up what he was doing, the Reds could have had um, last year's Cy Young winner, this year's Rookie of the Year, and this year's MVP all acquired by the Dick Williams regime. And so I think you're – and Nate, I'll ask you to, to maybe comment on this. Yes, it kind of maybe broke Castellini, but, man, they were so close. They were just so close to being a – a legitimate contender if they had just stayed the course. And and Dick Williams clearly saw that and got out. But anyway, I'll let you go ahead and comment. I think one thing that's been tough is it seems like the Castellinis always have an excuse. Not that they've necessarily said it out loud, but it's there. They spent some money. A pandemic happened. All right, they lost a bunch of money. And what happened? They, they still contended. They didn't make any crazy moves at the deadline. Yeah, but the Cardinals got super hot. Even if they had made moves, it probably wouldn't have mattered. It's like they've they've had a built-in excuse every step of the way. I mean, I think you're right, of course. Like 2020 happened. Like you can't lose that kind of money. I don't care how rich you are. It's impactful. But else I can, you know, giving them giving you know, make an excuse for them. Like in good faith, you're supposed to do the best thing for your franchise. At least we want them to do that. That hasn't been the case. And here we are going into 2022, looking at this roster, they, it's, it's not unreasonable that they could be good again. And suddenly it justifies all this non-action that we've been dealing with the past few days and a few years, really. Look at the rotation. If they don't deal any of those guys, Castillo, Male, Gray, I mean, some combination of Hunter Green, Gutierrez, and Lodola, like it, it, it could be a good team. And then they're just – they get a free pass again. That's yeah. what works. Well, what do you think? So, you know, one of the things I saw on the uh, one of, with regard to the labor negotiations, and again, proposals are or whatever. But the one proposal I saw from the owners had a really pretty significant playoff expansion. Did you see this? Yes, going up to seven teams in each league. And if you figure that out, you know who the seventh best team in the National League was last year. Right. Yeah, that was a playoff team under this goofy. You know, forty-eight uh, percent of the teams make the playoffs. Rule, but shouldn't we? Right, should, they, were, they were close. If that ends up being the case, if they expand the playoffs, I think that probably, uh, you know, I think that hurts the Reds more than a lot of other teams because then the Castellinis will play for that seventh spot, that last spot. We only have to be a five hundred team. Well, do you think? I mean, maybe I'm just uh, well, making it up. See, I, I'm I'm been beaten down enough. I looked at it the other way. I said, well, at least they won't tank now ah, well, because they'll always shoot for 82, 83 wins. And that's better than what we've had the last 10 years. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's it's basically just hoping for lottery tickets in the playoffs that you get hot Yeah, and What's, and you win the tournament. That's the, what the Braves showed this year, right? If <laughs> we would have been the seventh seed and got, and got in the playoffs this year, I'm not going to lie to you, I would have been pretty happy. That would have been exciting for me. Yeah, I, you know, I, I guess I, I do understand the argument that, and I've kind of uh, subscribed to the argument that, well, you know, that's all the castings will try to do. But on the other hand, if you get in that stupid tournament, you got a shot to win it. I mean, that's kind of all they've been trying to do is win 82 games, and it's just 
a really dumb idea. But it might work in the future. You know what I mean? I mean, think about like how how reluctant they were to tank when they should have tanked in 2015. Yeah. No, they should have. I don't. I don't like that term though. They should have tanked. I understand what you're saying. Yes, they. I just hate tanking. I do too, but it's a rational decision when you're in certain positions. I guess. Nate? No, I, I agree completely. Please, uh, listen, if you're going to be on this podcast, you cannot agree with uh, with Chris Garber completely. Two Ever. against one. Two against Ever. one. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the arbitration decisions that were made this week, if we could. Um, kind of surprised me. You know, the Reds had these the, the deadline to make these arbitration decisions. The one guy that they did not tender a, a, a contract to, did not make an arbitration um, offer to, was right-handed pitcher Brandon Bailey who missed uh, the 2021 season. He had Tommy John surgery and he did sign back on a minor league invite before we talk about the rest of the, the players. Cause the Reds brought back all the other uh, uh, arbitration eligible players. Um, I'll say about Brandon Bailey. I started, I, I started to make a comment on Twitter uh, about Brandon Bailey because I don't know anything about Brandon Bailey and I, it's just a snarky comment because that's what I do on Twitter because I'm an idiot. And, uh, but I did, I said, you know, I can't do that. I shouldn't do that. He's a, you know, he's a guy. Well, later on, he tweeted something about, oh, you know, I appreciate the Reds bringing me back. I'm going to, I'm focused on, you know, making the, making the big leagues. And so I thought, oh, that's a nice little statement. So I retweeted it and then I happened to look and I was like, oh man, that guy follows me on Twitter. I'm glad I didn't say anything <laughs> bad about the guy. <laughs> so, I, um, yeah. Had you heard of Brandon Bailey before? before I, this had, week? I had not. I, I should yeah. have. I got to admit, I had not. Have you all, had you all heard of Brandon Bailey? Nope. Never. Good luck to him. Maybe he went to Bowling Green, I think, maybe. Still a red, so. In Ohio. Yeah. So the other 10 guys, though, the Reds uh, are bringing back all of them. And I'm going to uh, – and, Nate, I'll ask you to comment on this one. Um, and I don't have an issue with the Reds bringing back – there's only one of these guys that I have an issue with the Reds bringing back. I'll let you decide who it is, okay? Here are the guys. Tyler Naquin, Luis Sessa, Luis Castillo, Amir Garrett, Jesse Winker, Tyler Malley. Kyle Farmer, Jeff Hoffman, Lucas Sims, and Nick Senzel. So uh, I was actually surprised they offered tendered contracts to all those guys. Uh, there's one that I wish they hadn't, uh, and but uh, and I'll discuss that in a moment. But Nate, any thoughts about the fact that they actually tendered contracts, contracts to these guys? That's that's a good thing, I guess. Got to be the Winker guy, right? <laughs> that's the guy. I think they should just let him let him walk. The one that uh, I guess I was, you know, the only one I actually blinked twice at was Amir Garrett. Um, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the guy. I've loved several moments of his Redsdom. Fighting the Pirates? Not many of those have to do with pitching. But uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm team Amir, but it seems like for a couple million bucks, you could probably do a little bit better. But I'm also not broken broken up about it. Yeah. He, he could show up in spring training, be lights out, and it'd be a great move. So. That's really my only thoughts. Yeah. With relievers, you never know. I mean, he's got the talent. He's got the arm, I think. Uh, Chris? I think we talked about this a couple months ago. I, I'm ready for Amir to have a, a fresh start somewhere else. I think he is in that Michael Lorenzen category where he's done what he's going to do here. That's a lot of guys. That's 10 guys that they're committing to roster spot you know, some kind of salary above the league minimum. Um, and then you add how many guys do they have under long-term contracts, probably 
six or seven more. And then, you know, the, the young guys who aren't ARB eligible yet, I feel like the roster's set. Pretty much. And, you know, and, and I, that's – like, is Jeff Hoffman worth a million too? Maybe. But do you want to lock a roster spot up for Jeff Hoffman? Well, here's a question. For $2 million, is Amir Garrett 20% as valuable as Wade Miley? That's a great question. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that hurts my brain. That that really just, yeah. Oh. That's, I, I, there's a single tear rolling down my cheek for the audio that listeners. That just cut right to the heart, didn't it? It did. That's a great question. Well, the answer is obviously no. They were willing to pay that, though. Uh, for And again, I don't really have an issue with Amir Garrett. The only guy on that list that I thought they should not have brought back, should not have tendered a contract to, Kyle Farmer. Just because okay. I'm trying to create controversy. It, Ka- now, is uh, who wasn't on that list? Who wasn't? Yeah, what about Aristides Aquino? He must not be arb- arbitration eligible, I guess, yet. Okay. So he's he's back. He'll probably be, probably be, and I'm I'm not kidding about that. I'm not making a joke. Aristides Aquino is probably your starting right fielder on opening day. I mean, who else is there? Not that I dislike Aquino, but well, I mean, there's Naquin, and there's oh god, maybe yeah. Naquin if you got Winker in left and uh, and Senzel in center if he's healthy. Ooh. Shogo Yakuyama's whatever is left to him. He's he's Shogo. Yeesh. Uh, the point that Chris just made about this may be the uh, we may have the roster already. I think that's actually part of why they tendered all these contracts is because they don't have to go out and fill these positions. They got these roster spots, and and yes, some of these guys are more expensive than others. You know, Luis Castillo is going to be the projection. I think is seven seven point something million for Castillo, uh, almost seven for Winker, six for my, Mally. Um, but that's not what you'd have to go out to fill it, maybe to fill those positions with a legit player on the free agent market. So, Yeesh. well, those are guys that are sticking around. Can we talk a little bit about subtractions since the last time we did a podcast? Uh, you mentioned Michael Lorenzen earlier, uh, Chris. He has signed with the Angels. For one year and $7 million, uh, best of luck to Michael Lorenzen. Uh, any thoughts, either of you, about Michael Lorenzen leaving the Reds? I I, uh, I thought the other day and tweeted something about asking, is Michael Lorenzen probably the, and I don't want to say overrated, but got more attention compared to how much he actually contributed to the team than anybody I could ever think of? He was what a four a four win player over like seven seasons. Chris, I think though you're discounting because because WAR doesn't take into wins above replacement. That doesn't take into account um, size of your bicep. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, and workout videos, and I mean, he, you know, he was an interesting guy, but at some point, like, I just want the people to be good at baseball, <laughs> and like, it's great. He wants to play. He wants to play outfield. He wants to be. Otani, well, start by being good at pitching. <laughs> it seems like a reasonable place to start, right, Nate? I don't know. I mean, he was fine. He was fine. Good luck to him. <laughs> Best of luck. Nate, do you have any thoughts about Michael Lorenzen? 
uh, Chris just nailed it. I mean, he, he wants to start somewhere. Somebody's going to pay him $7 million to do it. I'm glad that we're not paying him $7 million to do it. But I hope he crushes it. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. I like the guy, but I'm the same way. I mean, he, he's his talent. It's sort of kind of like Amir Garrett in some ways. His talent that you, you kind of see the talent there has never been matched by the actual production on the field. And so at some point, you got to produce. I had heard that he was really, really great in the community, so that will be missed for sure. Yeah, he seems like a nice guy. Yeah, absolutely. So Anaheim will uh, will love him. I hope that he gets to uh, – they say he's going to be in the starting rotation. And Seriously, good luck. I got no, nothing against yeah. the guy. Good luck. Yeah, man. those guys, they need pitching. I mean, that's why that that rumor about Castillo is – is they're probably calling. I mean, they need it. Yeah. Yeah. Do they have any hitters out there in uh, – the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim? I, I, I've not followed them very closely. They traded, they traded Pujols away, so I'm not sure who they have. Yeah, I don't think they've got anyone else. Um, Trout, Otani, Rendon. Yeah, oh. uh, Nate, I'll ask you. Here's the, the latest news on our buddy Nick Castellanos. Nick Castellanos, a Silver Slugger Award winner this year. Um, in the MVP conversation, he uh, the Reds did offer him a, a qualifying offer. It was a one-year, $18.4 million offer. Kind of surprised me a little bit the Reds uh, offered that, but they, I guess, presumed or knew that he was going to decline that offer. And uh, so he is uh, he's probably going elsewhere. I will say quickly that if Castellanos does sign elsewhere, he will. Uh, the Reds will receive a draft pick. If you sign, if Castellanos signs for more than fifty million dollars, they get a pick immediately after the first round of next year's draft. If it's under fifty million, it won't be. The pick will be before the third round. So, I mean, I guess we shouldn't completely presume that Castellanos is not coming back, but Nick Castellanos is not coming back. Thoughts, Nate? There's a there's a non-zero percent chance that he's coming back. Um. All the rumblings seem to claim he wants seven or eight years. I mean, if that's if that's true, that probably puts the Reds out of the game. I mean, look at Marcus Simeon. He went out and got his bag. Castellanos is going to get his too. He's a good player, but do I want to be paying that much money for that long? Usually I would say no. It's hard with looking at what Votto's done. I mean, maybe if they yeah, could spread some of that magic, sure. But I don't think that it's feasible for this franchise I'm going to miss the guy. I loved Castellanos. I think that there is probably a percentage of that salary they make back just on monetizing him, flexing over Yadier Molina. I know that <laughs> I have a much lower net worth because of that moment. So, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. It stinks. I liked him. I, I, I'm going to miss him. But I don't see it. Yeah, he's the type of guy that in, in, in past years, Bob Castellanos would be like, oh, we got to keep this guy. Because he's popular, the the, the season ticket holders like him. Uh, but seven or eight, you know, and he's going to be thirty, I think, this year. Seven or eight years for a guy that just made his first All Star team, and I love the guy. But and I hate saying, yeah, money, money, money. We got to think about that. But oh man, that it would be tough for me to pull out my wallet, even if I'm a billionaire. What do you think, Chris? Well, it's you know, it's 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 like we've seen before. It's the money. It's also the roster spot. Because I, I don't know who he's – I mean, it was Homer Bailey we talked about this years ago. Like, you're going to pay him whatever you're going to pay him, but once you pay him, they're going to lock him in. And as they get to that decline phase, not everybody's Joey Votto. Not everyone's going to produce all the way through a contract like that. I, I mean, I don't – I keep seeing people on Twitter trying to talk themselves 
into the idea that Castellanos might sign with the Reds, and I'm more likely to get hit by lightning, I think. I was I was into the narrative that he might take a short one or two year before the lockout just to you know get get some guaranteed money. I thought there was a chance of that, but now that that's gone, I think that uh, I, I don't know. see it. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk uh, quickly because we do have some uh, viewer mail questions. And, and by the way, can I say I'm pretty excited that for the first time ever. We actually are going to have viewers. This has been a dumb joke since I don't know how long in this podcast. Viewer mail. Maybe we need to start calling it listener mail now. Reader mail. Reader mail. <laughs> Reader mail. Let's talk to some of the other guys that have departed since the last time we, uh, uh, I guess we did have a, a one podcast. I talked to Freak Base, but um, we took a little hiatus as we were preparing for this. Um, Tucker Barnhart traded the Tigers for a uh, an actual human that was named Nick Quintana. Either of you have any thoughts about this actual human or Tucker Barnhart or anything? I would that guy's stats are rough, man. Yeah. yeah. On base percentages may be encouraging. He, he does get on base sometimes. <laughs> Here's, what I love about Nate is that he's trying to figure out a way to be optimistic with every single conversation we have. I'm not, I appreciate that. This is a good balance on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. he's not been beaten down like us, Chris. No. I, I mean, yeah. that guy's struggled coming out of college. Yeah. I had a pie-in-the-sky hope that we could uh, – work out some sort of sweetheart deal with Tucker where we keep him for six or seven years on a two or $3 million salary to be a backup catcher and sort of just like player coach situation. And I guarantee him a coach's spot when he's retired. But then I thought, why would he want to stay in the organization when he's done playing? Yeah. The the Corky Miller plan. If he'd have grown a mustache, he he might have been able to stick around. Corky Miller style. Yeah, I don't have a problem with Tucker Barnhart necessarily being traded. I have a problem with the way it happened, which is that they dumped him because they didn't want to pick up his option and uh, his team option and pay him. And it's, it was a, it was entirely money related, and they just got a warm body for him. Yeah. Well, so at least they got a warm body. <laughs> Boy, I tell you what, that's a low that's a low bar. Which leads us to uh, who does it lead us to? Wade Miley, Wade Miley. the Red. Been, have been wanting to talk to you two about this, but and I've been I've been waiting because I don't I don't get it. Is there a a, a line of reasoning that explains why you let an extremely valuable pitcher on a wonderful wonderful contract leave for nothing, not almost nothing, literally nothing? They couldn't trade him for a pile of deep dish pizzas and a couple kegs of Goose Island IPA and throw us a party in Town Square. That would have been something. Nothing. Just gave him to the Cubs. And that's the other part, the Cubs, right? It's, it had a very uh, kind of Brewster's Millions feel to it here, that he that, that they were trying to do something. They were being forced in some way to make that move to some sort of elaborate wager. Yeah, dude, that was – they just didn't want to pay a million bucks to let him go. There, there's When you see the free agent signings, of pitchers in the last 10 days, there is no way that a team wouldn't give up a warm body for Wade Miley at $10 million contract. You're wrong, Chris. Nick Crawl told us. How did he describe it? He had a good way. He's like, well, there were no deals available during the relevant time period. I mean, some 
bizarro phrasing where it was like he tried for like a half an hour on a Tuesday afternoon and he wasn't able to accomplish the trade then. So, oh, well, well, the best tweet I saw, some guy, I retweeted it, but um, was something like, yeah, one time I had a car that I wanted to sell. And so <laughs> I couldn't sell it within the first half hour after I listed it. So I pushed it off a cliff. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's it was. Great. He must have put him up on the Facebook marketplace. <laughs> Facebook marketplace, who wants it? Right. I sell trade Wade Miley. How funny would it have been if if, uh, if Bob Castellani had put Wade Miley on the Facebook marketplace? <laughs> <laughs> What was but seriously, the, the Seinfeld Kramer said, "What was it? Uh, interesting trades considered." <laughs> right, yeah. looked like a used car. I mean, seriously, they didn't want to. And here's the way it worked: they would have had to pay ten ten million dollars. That was his contract. They would have had to exercise their team option for ten million dollars, um, and take a chance on maybe after paying pay him ten million dollars to be a relatively cromulent pitcher for a season. They could have paid. What's that? Good use of the word cromulent. Thank you very much. That's a that's a uh, that's a Simpsons reference. I'm sorry, Nate. I know you're not a Simpsons generation guy. Although everybody alive today is a Simpsons generation guy, but <laughs> um, and we got a good Simpsons question coming for you. Uh, it's for Chris, but it's about you, Nate. Um, <laughs> but they would have had to pay him one million dollars to buy out the option and send him and send him on his way. They wouldn't even take the chance of having to pay him ten million dollars, which that's a lot of money to me. But it's not a lot of money for a person who can produce like Wade Miley uh, should be able to produce next year. And so they could have just paid him, uh, exercise that option, and then spent the whole offseason trying to shop him. Ooh, but there's a there's a lockout now, so they wouldn't have been able to shop him. Ah, so now who's the fool? Nick Cross playing 8D chess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yikes. They could trade him at the trade deadline. I mean, right. They could have got that $10 million back at the trade deadline. Hey, they could have at least gotten a warm body, which is more than what they Cash got. Cash considerations. Cash considerations. My favorite Didn't player. they draft that guy one year? <laughs> yeah, like, they, that was Cash Case. Downs. That was Cash Case. Yes. Whatever happened to him? Um, nah, who, who can remember? Um, okay, other guys the Reds. Driving can, the cash can, can I mention some other guys the Reds have lost in this offseason? CNL Perez, former we, Bill Woodpecker. <laughs> are we are we uh, are we uh, lamenting the loss of CNL Perez? No comments. I, I appreciate that. Brandon Finnegan. Remember Brandon Finnegan? The Reds uh, released him. <laughs> I, found, I found a quote. I want to read this real quick. I hope it makes y'all laugh as much or, or cry as much as it did me. <laughs> I just Googled Brandon Finnegan and it said, the Reds were counting on Finnegan, Cody Reed, Gary Maya, John Lamb, Rookie Davis, Jose Peraza, Dilson Herrera, and Adam Duvall to become the next core of their roster. Oh, that's horrifying. <laughs> Who said that? that? That's not a – you made that up. I wrote down quote marks around it, so. <laughs> well, might there be you go. Is that a John Fayism? That sounds like a John Fayism, right? No, John no Fay. mention of Sal Romano in that paragraph, which surprised oh, me. Yes, yikes! <laughs> can we can we say now? Brandon Finnegan, of course, came over in the trade for uh, the Johnny Cueto trade. The rest got Brandon Finnegan, John Lamb, and Cody Reed. 
Wow. For literally Johnny Quay, one of the best pitchers in Reds history. And that was the return. And now they're all gone. Cody Reed, who's still with the Tampa Bay Rays. John Lamb, who's still driving his Trans Am around Hazard County. And uh, and Brendan Finnegan. Hold on. What kind of show did you watch when you were a kid? I'm not responding to that. <laughs> Smokey, the bandit did not visit the Dukes. <laughs> wow. That would have been a good crossover. Wouldn't it? Yeah. I think, wow. yeah. I think that's the difference between TV and movies. Oh, I don't understand the difference between TV and movies. Alex Blendy. Real quick, that that's a, should be a cautionary tale to any of the Reds fans out there that are saying, hey, why don't we trade Castillo for a bunch of prospects? Or why don't we trade Joey Votto for a bunch of prospects? Because sometimes the prospects have those names. Yeah. Years later, it's disgusting. I have reason to believe that part of the reason why those guys like the, the one we just mentioned, Jose Peraza, you know, is a lot of that was that, Bob Castellini would not let them trade for actual prospects. He wanted guys that were close to the major leagues. I mean, this is an absolute fact. Okay. And I'll, I'll give you my sources if you email me, but uh, uh, maybe I won't, but um, there's no reason to believe as long as Castellini's around that he's going to say something different about trading Luis Castillo. I don't think. Uh, any- yeah. That's why you get guys like no way Ramirez. Oh my gosh. No way. This is the guy that they received in return for. Rosel Iglesias. Just signed another contract. He was, you know, an incredible reliever for the Angels, signed a new contract, and the Reds gave him away for no way. And uh, no way. That guy didn't even make it to like the middle of like St. Patrick's Day, did he? No, no. But no way. That that's that's comedy gold there. Yeah. No way. Alex Blandino, remember that guy? Knuckleball pitcher? Barely. He refused his assignment to AAA and uh, became a free agent. Um, Is Let's see. Alex Blandino, the first-round pick? Was he, he was a first-round pick, or maybe a supplemental first-round pick. 29th overall. Shortstop out of Stanford University. Leland Stanford Jr. There you go. Um. Hunter Green was added to the 40-man roster. Does hey. that give you all – are you all excited about that? I will say that we like him. Well, you two like him. He likes us. He likes you two. <laughs> Hunter Green, I love you. He doesn't dislike us. <laughs> he doesn't dislike you two. I, I feel like I haven't heard much from Hunter Green. Like, you know, the first couple of years he was, uh, you know, the hype from Sports Illustrated and everything, and, and – uh his social media interactions with Reds bloggers and whatnot, but he's kind of he's kind of gone under the radar the last couple of years, hasn't he? As he's rehabbed and come back from his injury, uh, he was good this year, though. I mean, he's letting the pitching do the talking, I guess. That's good. He's not calling out uh, you know certain uh, podcasters who uh, you know and, and making sure that they're a, a headline on the sports pages of the Cincinnati Enquirer. Hmm. You know who I miss? Lisalberto Bonilla. I just wanted to say that on the video so that people can see me saying that. Pretty sure you've been practicing that. That's something I, have, good. I have been. Um, other thoughts uh, quickly before we get into viewer mail. Um, Jonathan India, rookie hey. of the year. Love it. Like him. It's, it's exciting. Um, I guess I'll ask you, actually. Uh, Chris, I'll ask you do we need to 
we talked this last time uh, we we discussed it, but should we? Since we're on video now, should we? Uh, May a couples? I don't know. I don't well, know we, how much. Yeah, how much crow do I have to eat on on this one? <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm happy to. I mean, I was dead wrong uh, ish, and uh, he was great, and I love him, and he's going to keep being great. I think. Yeah, I think it's ish. I mean, I don't think we condemned him. I just we were like, uh, yeah, I, I, was don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah. Uh, but he's the real deal, right? Yeah, I think he is. I really do. Well, I think everything I see about him, talent, approach, um, just kind of intangibles, which you can t- you can dismiss them, but they show up in the numbers, I think, right. for him. I think you've seen in the NBA a lot where these older superstars will sort of christen some of the younger guys. I remember uh, a few years ago Kevin Durant talking about Devin Booker and then some of the guys talking about Jason Tatum for the Celtics. And, like, you kind of got that feeling when, when Jonathan India won rookie of the year. You started hearing what the uh, – not just the Reds veterans, but other players around the league sort of saying, like, yeah, this guy is going to be a star. He is here for the long term. And for me, that was one of the most exciting things that's happened in a long time, especially as yeah. Reds fans. Great. All right. Enjoy Two things there. Number one, I agree. You know, you see what Votto said and what Castellano said, and and uh, the respect they seem to have for for uh, India, and not just his talent, but his approach. That you know, he brought it every day. The second thing I would say, though, is uh, Nate. Really, the NBA. We're talking about the NBA here. I mean, you talk about FC Cincinnati. I can talk about the. <laughs> At least Cincinnati, uh, FC Cincinnati, is actually in Cincinnati. There's no NBA in Cincinnati since the Cincinnati Royals. All right, I'm coming at you next week with some serious Cincinnati Royals. Go, go Oscar Robertson, right? Um, okay, you know what? I think we should probably do answer some – oh, man, this is exciting – some viewer mail. Literally, it's viewer mail. No, they asked these questions when they were still readers and listeners. <laughs> that's that's true. Uh, before we before we get into the viewer mail, as we always do, we have a new uh, Patreon subscriber. This is patreon.com slash riverfrontcincy. It's a new uh, new uh, URL for us um, where you can also become a part of the family. And uh, we want to give a sh- quick shout out, and we need to talk about the Beer League uh, position for our guy, Elliot Davis. Elliot, Elliot. Davis. Thank you, Elliot. Elliot Davis is the, the newest uh, member of the family. Uh, Nate, I'll go with you first, uh, as we always do. We pick a position for Elliot Davis. What position on the the Riverfront? I started to say Red Lake Nation Radio. The Riverfront Beer League softball team. And, you know, that's the only game in town now. What position is Elliot Davis playing? I've got Elliot being an incredibly valuable utility man. We all know beer league softball. We got old guys smashing beers. We're pulling hamstrings. We're going to have to miss some weeks. Elliot can fill in wherever we need him. Oh, so need a guy around the diamond. Absolutely. Play any position and he can play it well. Versatile. Garber. See, I had, I, I, uh, I got confused by uh, what kind of podcast this was. And I thought Elliot was a swing man on our basketball team. A swing man. He can, you know, he's a wing. He can shoot from outside, but he can also get to the rim. Versatile defender. So I think he's good. He's good on pretty much the whole this whole season. We have so many people on our big softball team now. We've given like everybody. Uh, uh, we've doubled up on every position at least. Um, so now we're starting a basketball team. We also have a cricket team 
for our uh, our member of the family that's from uh, the United Kingdom. We got some positions open on that team. We got some positions open on the cricket team. That's that's true. <laughs> for Elliot, I, you know, I, I, Elliot Davis. I was like, well, I don't know. I think he's going to be our our key guy if we ever have an extraterrestrial show up. Elliot's going to be that's a, that's that lame ET joke. The name of the, the kid in ET was Elliot. Uh, that's if if that didn't hit if Chris didn't get that immediately, then that worries me because that's gonna that's gonna go everyone's head. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. Everyone knows I'm lame. Elliot Davis, thank you so much for joining us. Happy to have you part of the family. Uh, it's been a good time getting to know you a little bit on the. Uh, on the Slack channel. Let's go to viewer mail. Our first question from viewer mail. Again, these questions come from our patrons on patreon.com slash riverfront First question comes from our sole member of the cricket team. Calvin Medcalf. Calvin Medcalf asks, what are you all most excited about for the future of this podcast? Nate, I'll go, go to you for this one. Um, Obviously, there's a lot of stuff I'm pumped about. We've been spending a lot of time trying to get all the, uh, you know, some merchandise together, and you know, like being able to just show the logo and really like make 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 it known that people are a part of this community. But for me, the biggest thing is the potential for a live get together. I mean, opportunities to hang out with friends in person have been sparing at best over the last couple of years. Um, the hope to be able to do that, hopefully in Cincinnati at a bar or restaurant somewhere. And, you know, I get, I get to talk to a lot of you folks in the Slack channels and on Twitter and stuff. It's going to be a blast. And that's what I'm most pumped about. Biggest question is, can we get uh, Garber to drive from Columbus to, uh, to Cincinnati for one of these get togethers? I'm waiting for infrastructure week because there, I'm told there'll be a train. <laughs> I couldn't get Garber to come to Cincinnati for any uh, book signing. So I can't believe he would. Uh, that's, that's false. That's categorically false. That's categorically false. Chris, are you excited about anything? I think you like not uh, having to be on video. I am excited about shirtless week. <laughs> oh, shirtless week. That's actually the, the, the biggest problem with doing this on video now is that I have to I have to put a shirt on. Yeah, yeah. When we record. You don't have to. It's probably best for everyone if I do. <laughs> I will say, though, that pants optional. <laughs> You're, now we're PG thirteen. You're, you're, uh, yeah. You're just like a, like a cartoon dog. You got a shirt on but no pants. There we go. We're gonna talk about cartoon dogs later. Next question comes. I'm gonna give this one to, uh, to uh, Chris first from Jerry Sadath. Congratulations on the refresh. This is great. I like Jerry that you say it's great before you even kind of <laughs> seen it. <laughs> right. Uh, my What's question is, yeah. How much does the lockout do? How much damage does the lockout do between the Reds and their fans? This team's already tottering in terms – good use of tottering, by the way. In terms of credibility and fan support, does this hurt them more? What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I mean, they, they've got uh, less less room to uh, to fool around, I think, than anybody – maybe anybody else. I, I don't know what Pittsburgh fans feel like if they've just given up. But Reds fans are – about out of patience from the ones I see. And they're going to have to give out two bobbleheads a night every night of the season if this lockout lasts very long. 
I did see a good bobblehead they're giving out. It's like a Vado, I don't know if it's a Jedi or something. I can't remember now. I saw one they that's what the Reds always push out. A new I feel like there's just random things now. It's like yeah. a player with a piece of intellectual property and and you know, then like a color. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's Eugenio Suarez with the gang from Scooby Doo in neon green. <laughs> Jesse Winker throwing a pizza on top of Walter White's house on Breaking Bad. I mean, you know, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Next question. I'll take this one first um, from James Urban. Nate, didn't James Urban like attack you one time on a podcast? There was once we've, uh, we've since squashed our beef. Okay. Make sure. He's often the most optimistic member of our Patreon community. So I like that about you, James. Uh, that's actually true. Can I say that uh, from the Slack channel? You can tell James Urban is tries like Nate does to tr- be optimistic. And we really appreciate that because we need, we need that. We need, it. We need that viewpoint. James question is this the last time there's a lockout, the Reds won the world series. So we are winning the world series in 2022, right? That's gotta be confirmed. I've already answered that. Yes. 100% confirmed. The Reds will win the 2022 world series. If they don't, well, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not, I'm not getting any money back. <laughs> you say get your money back, but they actually paid for this. So, right. Yeah, I started to say that, but you know, I'm not doing that. Come on, James. James is trying to get a refund. <laughs> Next question goes for uh, it goes to Chris. Okay, here's the question, uh, and the question literally starts: Mr. Garber is Nate. Is Nate the new Poochie? I'll hang up and listen. Is Nate the new Poochie? Now, uh, I'll let you describe what that means, uh, Chris. Well, folks, well, kids, um, <laughs> Poochie was a character on an episode of The Simpsons, and uh, it was a parody of how TV shows, especially cartoons, introduce a new character to try Nate's to liven things up late in the run. So your Scrappy-Doos, your Cousin Olivers. <laughs> Scrappy-Doo, that's Nate's new nickname here. <laughs> That's right. He's not Poochie. He's Scrappy Doo. I'll take that. And, uh, you know, at the end, at the end of the episode, Homer was hired to voice Poochie, who was uh, what was he? Proactive and radical, and some other mid '90s catchphrase. Right. And he had a backwards hat, and he kind of looked like a a dog version of Pauly Shore, I guess. Right. Yeah. Anyway, Maybe he was off. Go ahead. At the Chris. end of the episode, he was killed off and and returned to his home planet. <laughs> yes Nate any thoughts about you being the uh, potential new Poochie of the episode I had to uh, google who Poochie was I apologize for not being up to uh, up to snuff on my Simpsons uh, lore um, I didn't dive deep enough apparently because I didn't know <laughs> that uh, it went quite that deep but I like to think more of myself as a lovable sidekick more of like an Abu to Aladdin situation but Ooh. I'm, I'm good with Scrappy dude. We can we can make that a thing. Abu, like Scrappy? Abu or Scrappy Doo. Okay, or, either uh, one. Or um, Leonardo DiCaprio on Growing Pains, maybe. <laughs> Wait a minute, does that make me Kirk Cameron? I'm not sure I approve of that. Get <laughs> you, Alan Thick. <laughs> oh, there we go. I, I can write the uh, the uh, theme song. Um, here's what I say about the question of Nate as Scrappy Doo. Okay, I think or Nate as uh, as as Poochie. I actually, I appreciate the fact that Nate wants to be Scrappy-Doo or Abu, but in some ways, Poochie makes sense because here's what I'll say from uh, from that episode of The Simpsons. Poochie is one outrageous dude. 
He's totally in my face. That's Nate. He's very proactive. <laughs> He's totally in, in our face. Great question, Joe Farsing. As usual, Joe Farsing coming up with a good Simpsons question and a ridiculous one. Joey Gaditza, our guy from the uh, the uh, country to our north, Canada. Welcome back, guys. This is the easiest question Thank ever. You. Uh, Thank you. I <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Joey. there's more. Oh, there is more, yes. I can't imagine how much work went into rolling out this new look podcast. Thanks for keeping the spirit. Here's the question. Do you guys still like the Reds? Nate, I'll go with you first. I think that at this point, the Reds are like that annoying cousin that you see in family reunions and Thanksgiving, Christmas sometimes. You'll love him. You don't like him very much. But, but you're stuck with him. Yeah, you're there forever. Chris, you like the Reds still? I like the players on the Reds. There we go. That's it. Nathan I like Connor. Work, I like the people that work for the Reds by and large. They're nice. Most of them seem to be great. There's there's one guy at the top that really irritates me, and his son who really irritates me. Bob and Phil, take a hike. Can we just call him Bill Bill Kessling? No, because that's your father's name. How did you know that? <laughs> I did some I did some research. <laughs> Nathan Connor asks, again, these questions come from our friends at patreon.com slash Riverfront Nathan Connor, since the Reds aren't signing anyone to Major League contracts, I thought I'd discuss one from the past. King Griffey Jr. debuted at age 19 and was traded to the Reds prior to his age 30 season. He had a 70.4 uh, Winsburg replacement at that time. Now, Mike Trout also debuted at 19 is entering his age 30 season. He's a baseball reference, uh, wins above replacement, 76.1. Knowing what we do about baseball 20-plus years after the junior trade, how do you think Reds fans would respond to a trade for Mike Trout today? Obviously, we're all eager for upgrades, but for this exercise, let's assume a normal environment, i.e. regular roster churn, no CBA drama, etc. And then what's the modern-day Reds equivalent to Mike Cameron, Antonio Perez, Brett Tomko, and Jake Meyer? Chris, I'll I'll go to you with with this one. Um, Mike Trout, you trading for him this offseason? Heck yeah! So I I saw this question and I actually was really interested to see how often it is that somebody is as good as Trout and Griffey by age thirty. And and you know it feels like if you're that good that early, you're you're on your way to the Hall of Fame, obviously, but is Griffey didn't do that much in his 30s, I guess, is the question. And I, I think the the question here is, is Trout going to be like Griffey after the age of 30 and, and do a little bit, have some good moments, but not be the same guy? But first off, everybody who had, you know, more than 70 wins above replacement by the age of 30 is in the Hall of Fame. There's like 22 guys. And – other than probably Griffey and Albert Pujols, they were all tremendous all the way through. So I don't think Trout has anything to worry about. And I would – I'd trade the whole roster for Mike Trout. I really would. Even Luis Sessa. Yeah. <laughs> even even Luis Sessa? Mm-hmm. Now you're just being silly. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts, Nate? Not at all. Um, I, I agree. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. I don't know why you're here now if you're not going to. They want to trade for the 
best player in baseball? Yes, yes, I, I would love that. Now, could I offer up a comparable trade package? I actually did a bit of research and tried to, and turns out we don't have anybody on our roster comparable to Brett Tomko. <laughs> but, um, this is this is the part of the conversation where I, I bring up that I used to play softball with Jake Meyer's sister. <laughs> Not with Jake Meyer. Really, she was really, really good. I am looking forward to next week's viewer mail questions. <laughs> Look at that package we got for Junior, and people act like Junior is, you know, was awful in his thirties, and he he wasn't the same Junior he was in his twenties. But Mike Cameron, who was was good, really good major league career, very good. Yeah. So uh, wait, uh, you know, Luis Castillo. I don't know who you, you'd substitute for Mike Cameron, but then three guys who, frankly, were replacement level guys. And so, yes, I would. M- Put together a package for for Mike Trout. Are we the even discussing way, this? The only way that could happen is if Mike Trout did what Griffey did, which is say, "Hey, I'm only going to one yeah. team. Yeah, you get nothing from me or get something." Well, but if he did that, if Mike Trout did that, obviously he would say the Cincinnati, right? So go back to New Jersey. Gross. <laughs> Play for the Hackensack Bulls. Yeah, he and Todd Frazier. Mike Mannix. His viewer mail question is this, the riverfront A, he uses A, even though he's not from Canada. Are you sure it's A and not eh? Eh, I don't know. How, riverfront, how do you, eh. I like it better as A. Eh. Riverfront, riverfront eh. eh, whatever. Uh, he's still with us for some reason, but what can you tell me about living in a van down by the river, he asks. Ah. Got him. The norm. Maybe we're not camera friendly. <laughs> oh. I'm just happy we have a reference that's from like the late 90s instead of the early 90s. Right. And if, if I remember, I hope one of you all will remind me next week, I have a t-shirt with uh, Matt Foley, the motivational speaker. speaker. I'll wear that next week on the, uh, on the podcast. Great question. No, 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 no. Next week is shirtless week. Oh, no, 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 no. I need at least two uh, more weeks. It's you and Lack. (laughs) Bill Lack. Before every podcast, we keep chatting in the basement, drinking coffee for four hours. (laughs) Right. Oh, mercy. Next question comes from Andy Scott Wills. Andy Wills asks, would you rather fight one Bob Castellini-sized mouse or ten mouse-sized Bob Castellinis? Nate, you're going to have to answer this one, man. I mean, if I encountered a Castellini look like Master Splinter in public, I would be terrified. I don't, I don't know what I would do. I would run as far as I could in the opposite direction. I guess I'll take the uh, the ten map, the ten mice. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. If cartoons have taught us anything, it's never fight a man-sized mouse because it's actually a kangaroo. <laughs> Excellent. We have uh, all agreed on that answer. Uh, one more question, then we'll get out of here. Hooper Powell, if the lockout continues through the start of the season, could we use Great American Ballpark for our beer league softball field? What do you think, Chris? Nope. We have to go to the uh, the alternate site. Prasco Park. The Ketchup Factory. That's right. Prasco Park will be available for us. <laughs> Nate, what do you think? It might be the only way to get you to uh, enter Great American. Hopefully we don't have to pay. <laughs> ah, yes. 
That's my put it together. I'm in. I'm going on year two of my boycott of Bob Castellini. So, yeah, that might be the only way to get me into Great American Ballpark, although I miss it, uh, miss it dearly. Okay, uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, let's uh, final thoughts. Nate, anything, anything you got for us? No, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, please like us on YouTube, subscribe, hit the thumbs up on wherever you listen to your podcasts. And, man, we sure appreciate you. We're excited about this launch, and you know, we'll have the, uh, the website up and running here in a few days, and man, couldn't be more excited. Absolutely. Thanks for all the work you've done on that, Nate. Chris, uh, any final thoughts? Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. I could not have said it better, literally, because of my ridiculous accent. All right, this is uh, Red Leg. <laughs> <laughs> you got it so good. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. This is The Riverfront, episode number 400. Uh, I, I would, would encourage each of you to go and subscribe uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, it's we're at Riverfront Cincy on all those uh, all those platforms. We're also on YouTube. We need a few more subscribers so that we can get that at Riverfront Cincy uh, uh, you know handle out there. So go subscribe on on YouTube as well. Look for the the Riverfront um, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. This was a lot of fun. I had a I had a blast. Thank you. Love it. Thank you so much. All right for. Um, for uh, Chris Garber, for Nate Dotson, and for Itchy, Scratchy, and Poochie. This is Chad Dotson saying, so long, everyone. <laughs>